Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kochanov, and today we're talking about burgers. Who doesn't love a good burger, right? Unless you're vegan, in which that case it would be an impossible burger, which are great, by the way. Like, if you're ever wondering, I, I feel like my brother would never try it. Like, I know a certain a few handful of people in my life, I guess, that would just be like, Ugh, I don't want to try that. But honestly, it's pretty great. I think that impossible burgers have come, like, such a long way. Wasn't there, like, another brand? It wasn't Impossible Burger. It was called, like, something else. I can't remember. Uh, my brain is fried, but I'm here to talk about burgers and burger side dishes, really. Uh, I hope everyone had a great week. I can't think of anything that happened this week to me. Let me think. Um, I'm recording this on a Wednesday eve. Uh, I'm going to see a comedy show tonight. Keon found this uh, this guy on TikTok. Uh, that was that happened to be coming to Pittsburgh. It's like a busy week. You know, Keon loves to do stuff. And I like to do stuff occasionally. So we're trying to get out more. And uh, it's a busy weekend. We got birthday parties to go to. We got, um, I don't know if any of you listeners out there are marching band enthusiasts. Uh, whether that means you were in it in high school or, you know, maybe you have kids that are in marching band. But there is a, an organization called Drum Corps International, DCI, and they basically, it's like professional marching band, like they're young professional, like they're young, and they just like tour around the country. And I think there are also competitions as well, too, but they come to Pittsburgh every year, and I think I went when I was in like high school or something, uh, and it's been a while, and I've I've always wanted to go, and I think I was... I was at my friend uh, Patrick and Frank's house, um, and Frank happens to be like a closeted marching band fanatic, and I didn't know this about him because we had never talked about it. So I was like, we should go. So that's going to be this Sunday, uh, hoping for good weather, although I did sort of, I don't want to say splurge, but I paid a little extra just in case it does get rained out that we would get our money back. Um, And so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. And it's my grandma's birthday this weekend. There's, like, so much going on. But I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's also a little bit cooler this week. Not to talk about the weather, but I kind of like it. I, I'm, I'm, it makes me excited for fall. Like, I can't believe it's August already. Where the hell is the year going? But it also gets me excited for fall and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. I love the holidays. So I'm not complaining about that. Um... But I don't want summer to go away too quickly, you know? I don't want it to be scorching hot. I just want it to be hot, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Uh, And that's pretty much all I got for you folks. So I say we get into this. This is Back to Basics, Season 5, Episode 7, and it's called Barefoot Contessa Burger Joint. (laughs) Um, So Ina begins, she says, I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and this is all about America's favorite food, burgers and everything that goes with it. For starters, I'm making seafood chowder, an all-time American classic. Then, of course, it's gotta be perfect burgers, and I've asked Chef Laurent Torrendel from LT Burger in Sag Harbor to share his secrets with me. We're making juicy LT backyard burgers with pickle mayonnaise and delicious guacamole burgers. Then, fabulous buttermilk ranch dressing over crisp lettuce. 
and a new take on a classic fries or on classic fries with baked sweet potato fries. They're so good. Then burger joint food is on the menu and ask Ina and I'm on the grill. <laughs> I do. There is like a very specific way she says ask Ina in ask Ina. Um, I, it's been a while since we've done an episode with ask Ina. So I love, I love a good ask Ina segment at the end of the episode. Again, I don't know how one submits a question to ask Ina. Like, wh- how did we miss the boat on that one? If I ever got to talk to Ina, I know they don't do it anymore, but how does that work, you know? And at first I was like, well, maybe it's just like the production company that writes like fake emails in, but people send in videos too. I don't know. I want to send in a video to Ina. I want to ask Ina more than just one question really, but um, maybe one day. Okay, so we start out with this seafood chowder. So Ina tells us that chowder is a staple of American burger joints. And then the classic is clam chowder, but Ina is making seafood chowder. I did not know this. I don't know if it's like a New England thing, uh, a New Yorker thing. Granted, like, we didn't really have like a lot of like burger joints growing up, I guess. You know, we had diners. Um, I don't know. It seems like something like in the 50s, like a burger joints. Um, every time I think of like a really good burger, um, I always think of that, uh, like the, the sort of diner in Greece, like the movie Greece. And I think it's like, I can't remember who brings the tray. I guess it's like the waitress, like the, the older waitress that brings like the milkshakes and the burgers and they look so good. The chocolate milkshake in Greece. I, I want that. Uh, I think about it often, to be honest. I think that's like a whole other conversation of like, food in movies that just like stick with you you know um you know of course a lot of people talk about like the bruce bogtrotter cake and matilda um trying to think of anything else that like i remember when i was young like the food fight and hook always looked really good even though it looked like shaving cream <laughs> it probably was um but yeah, anyway, I love a good burger. I love a good diner. I, I, I like a burger and fries and a strawberry shake. I've said this before in the podcast, so I'm repeating myself. But if I was just to get a milkshake on my own or not on, like on its own, like just a milkshake, I probably would get like chocolate or something like that. But if I'm getting fries and a burger, it's got to be strawberry. There's there's no there's nothing better. Oh, and Wendy's just recently, I don't know if it was recently, but they put out a strawberry frosty and it's a 10 out of 10. I love it. I don't get it too often. At least I try not to. I mean, I, I want it, but I don't get it. Um, but more on, she should have made it. She should have made a milkshake. I, I'm, I know is what I'm saying. I don't know. Um, so let's start with the seafood chowder. I'm getting way off topic here, but uh, she starts out with some shrimp. She basically like shows us what's going into it. So we have some shrimp. Uh, which has been peeled and deveined. And we have some scallops, some lump crab meat, and monkfish, which Ina described. The monkfish doesn't look too appetizing. I guess most fish don't, but um, this looks particularly, like, not great, like gelatinous in a way. But um, Ina assures us that uh, this is, like, a very good, like, white fish to have because it doesn't, it can, like, stand up to, you know, the heat of the the chowder it's not going to fall apart or flake uh, which i guess you would need so as she's chopping up the monkfish she tells us that she used to make tons of this chowder at barefoot contessa it was crazy she says so now it's time to put the fish 
into the pots, uh, but Ina already has some vegetables cooking in there, and they've been cooking in there, really. So uh, she shows shows us what she started off with. So, um, of course, we start off with a stick of butter, as all great recipes do. Uh, and she puts some carrots in there, some onions, celery, potatoes, and corn, which she sautéed together until they're, you know, nice and translucent or soft, I guess. Um, and then she adds a little bit of flour to the vegetables in order to kind of thicken up the chowder once she puts her seafood stock in, which is exactly what she does next. She adds that stock, uh, which she brought, uh, brought, she bought from the seafood shop. Um, she tells us like very quickly that you can make it on your own. And she said you can, use, I think you can use like, what was it, like shrimp carcasses, <laughs> if that makes sense. I feel like there should be something else. I feel like I've covered an episode where she talks about, or she makes seafood stock, but I can't remember what all else goes into it. But, you know, she her disclaimer of, like, if you can't make it on your own, just buy it at the seafood shop. Um, so we'll, we'll go that route for this episode because I think that's what she did anyway. So uh, once the stock is in, she gives it a, a good stir. This will cook for about 7 to 10 minutes. Uh, and she doesn't mess with it too much. She tells us to not really stir it around or fuss with it because uh, she doesn't want to break apart any of that, like, delicious seafood that she's, you know, cooking in there with it. So... While that simmers away, she chops up some fresh parsley. And by the time she's done with that, uh, the chowder is ready. Everything is cooked to perfection. Again, one of the blessings of cooking seafood or fish, you know, is just that it doesn't take any time at all. So she adds a, a little, like a splash of heavy cream and the parsley that she chopped up and then some salt and pepper. And then that's pretty much it. She ladles it out into a bowl. She tops it with some parsley, takes a bite. It looks delicious. This actually, I'd be really into this. It's like everything that I love. Um, and that's the end of the chowder. So now we get a little, like a little featurette on LT Burger. It looks so good. Again, nothing like a good burger, especially like someone who does a burger really good uh, or really well. Um, but I, I'll take any kind of burger. It's almost like pizza. It's like you really can't mess up a burger. Even when it's bad, it's good. Um, but in this case, we are lucky because we have French chef Laurent Tornel, who is, uh, he's now in the kitchen with Ina. And they start out uh, by revealing, like, the ground beef. And this is, like, the best beef that you can get. And this is actually pretty shocking. And Ina was shocking, or Ina was shocking. Ina was shocked uh, as well. He doesn't put anything in the beef. He doesn't put, like, salt, pepper, onions, an egg, anything to bind it together. It's it's just like, if you have good beef, nothing is needed, which I I guess I have to agree with. But Ina was like, wow. And I think we both said like, wow, at the same time. Uh, so he splits the meat. I think he said he had like seven ounces or something. I can't really remember. Into two sort of burgers. And Ina and him sort of make their own separate burgers. And he tells us not to really mess with it too much. Again, it's like, don't don't smush it. Don't compact it down. You got to just like let it breathe. But, you know, enough to sort of put it together so it doesn't fall apart, if that makes sense. So he brushes. He has like a little like ramekin of softened butter and he has like a little um, like a brush and he just brushes each side of the burger and sprinkles salt and pepper and that's it. And then it's onto the griddle. I mean, how easy is that? <laughs> uh, so while they cook... It's time to talk sauce, which I, I'm a sauce 
I almost said aficionado, but I, I love a good sauce. I, I think sauces are like what makes the world go around as far as just like, you know, if you like chicken or any sort of protein is good on its own, but like you got to have something else in there. You got to have some sort of great sauce. And this almost reminds me of like Big Mac sauce with like the volume turned up, like an elevated version of that. So uh, and it's funny because uh, Laurent tells us like his secret pickle mayo. It's it's secret pickle pickle mayo sauce is what Laurent calls it. But you know whatever. Um, so it is mayo, ketchup, drained and rinsed sweet pickle relish. And I'm not a not a sweet pickle guy. I've said that many times. I I went to my parents' house um, when we came back from New Hampshire over the weekend, and last weekend that is uh, to pick up Lucy. And my mom, we just had like sandwiches and stuff. And my mom had these like really delicious pickles, like uh, pickle spears, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, because I love a good crisp dill pickle. And then she tells me that they're sweet pickles. And I was like, oh, but everyone else liked them. And I didn't, of course. And I was just a little bitch about it. But um, I just don't like sweet pickles. I will eat them. I actually had one. I caved because I felt bad that I made such a fuss about it. I was like, all right, I'll eat one. But it would have been so much better if it was a dill pickle. So that's that's my little tangent there. Um, but anyway, mayo, ketchup, sweet pickle relish, uh, chopped cornichon, which is like basically like French pickles. They're like little wee little pickles. They're really good. Um, jalapeno, which I loved. And then a little bit of cognac, which is, I mean, very decadent. And then salt and pepper. Yes, please. To all of this. I could I could. Ugh, I would just like slather this all over my body. <laughs> it's, it looks so good. Um, so after the sauce is made, uh, they flip the burgers. It's a you know a perfect little char on on the first side of it. So when they flip it, they also put some local mecox cheddar on top. M e c o x mecox. I don't know, not heard of it, but it looks great. It looks very high quality. Uh, then it's time to get. Uh, a little guacamole lesson. This is how he makes his guacamole. And Laurent says, because he has a French accent, he says the key to good guacamole is two ripe house avocados. But with his accent, it sounds like he says two two ripe ass avocado. So it just made me kind of chuckle a little bit. Two ripe ass avocado. Um, so in addition to the two ripe ass avocado, he adds some fresh jalapeno, uh, some red onion, some tomato, some cilantro, which I'm, I, it's interesting. I don't know if, because um, we all know Aina hates cilantro. So I don't know if I, I, I don't think she takes a bite of the cilantro, of the avocado burger. I can't remember. I wasn't paying attention, but I'm sure she probably said like, I don't want to take a bite of that because um, he makes two different types, of course. But um, so, yeah, anyway, the cilantro, lime juice, green jalapeno, Tabasco, uh, and then salt and pepper, which... I mean, again, you can't go wrong with avocado or uh, guacamole. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so now it's time to cook these buns that have a little bit of butter on them already. He puts them on the griddle and, you know, they, they toast up pretty quickly. So now it's time for the burgers to come off of the grill and time to assemble. So he, um, you know, of course, puts the buns down and the, the patties and tops it with some lettuce and tomato and one slice of a dill pickle like chip you know uh which i loved i thought that was so like sophisticated in a way um i would like three to be honest but um you know i'll just eat the rest on the side 
Uh, so the first burger, of course, he puts the secret sauce on. And the second burger with a guacamole with the cilantro is, you know, he puts that on that. They both look delicious. I actually would probably go for the special sauce burger if I had to choose. I'd eat both of them. Let's make that clear. Um, but if I, you know, if I had to share, I would totally do the special sauce. Um, it, it just looks delicious. And he has a, you know, a classic sort of sesame seed bun. Oh, it just looks so good. It's very thick. I will say this, like sometimes a burger can get to the point where it's like, how do I even eat this? Uh, and I think Ina even says that in this episode too. She's like, wow. But, um, you know, I, I'll find a way. <laughs> but sometimes when you bite a burger and everything just flies off, that's never great. But um, these look so delicious. Um, so that's all for Laurent. Uh, Ina thanks him for coming. And now it's time for some salad, but more specifically, uh, some homemade buttermilk dressing, uh, which she makes in the food processor. And a lot of this is like very easy stuff. It starts with some scallop. She chops a lot of this before putting it in the food processor, which I find interesting. So she already chopped the scallions. Um, I think she puts the, and then she puts some basil in, some basil leaves. She doesn't chop those. Then she adds some lemon juice, some Dijon mustard, uh, some good olive oil, and then chopped garlic. She doesn't put the clove in whole. Um, and then salt and pepper. So she gives that a blitz. And um, now it's time for like sort of, you know, the, I don't want to say liquid, but you know, the stuff that makes it ranch dressing. So she she first starts by adding some some mayo, some Greek yogurt, and then, you know, the, the main ingredient, some buttermilk. I, I can't tell you how much I love like a homemade ranch dressing like dipping my french fries in it in, the, in a restaurant sometimes i really like when it's a little watery not too watery but um because you know we're used to ranch being like kind of thick coming from that you know the hidden valley ranch bottle but i love a good like a restaurant that has their own house made ranch like that is i don't know that elevates it for me so this this looks really great um, so now it's time she's taking this buttermilk ranch dressing and it's time to assemble a wedge salad. And this is this is my type of wedge salad. I know traditionally um, it's it's a blue cheese dressing. I feel most wedge salads, but um, I I want the ranch. Uh, give me that ranch. So she garnishes the salad. You know, she she chops up a head of lettuce like in half or, you know, however she puts it in a wedge <laughs> and then she garnishes it with some uh, tomato, just like slices of like regular tomato, some beautiful tomato, I might add. She always finds the best tomatoes. Um, and then she also sort of sprinkles on some very thinly sliced red onions, which I appreciate. There's nothing worse than getting like a house salad at any restaurant and you just have like both types of onions, but specifically red onions, because I feel like they're on salads more than like a, like a white onion. And it's it's cut too thick and that's it, all you're eating is just like onions. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But um, so, yeah, I love the idea of the tomato and the, uh, the thin sliced red onions. And of course, on top of all of this is that beautiful buttermilk ranch dressing. Ugh, what a treat. It sounds so good. Um, but of course... There's nothing more traditional to have with a burger than fries. And I I would say she's going sort of the um, untraditional, non-traditional 
what am I trying to say here? Non-traditional route. I'll go with that. Uh, by making sweet potato fries, which I love. Like, I, I feel like sweet potato fries, I never had them when I was younger. Then all of a sudden, they were everywhere. And I don't know what year they first, like, I don't know, busted out onto the scene. But I feel like much like Ina jokes about Kale getting a PR agent, I feel like Sweet Potato Fries got a PR agent and now they're everywhere. Um, I feel like most of the time I will order regular fries, depending on the type of fry. I'll, I'll you know, if they're steak fries, get out. Steak fries are the worst fry. And of course, that's the fry that they have at... um. Red Robin, the one you get like unlimited amounts of. They're like, let's pick the worst fry. <laughs> I would much rather have, I'll take a crinkle cut. I'll take a shoestring fry. Curly fries, oh, that would be great. But, you know, not a steak fry. Sorry. Um, so Ina's making these sweet potato fries, uh, which, you know, she shows us how to cook. It, it's pretty self-explanatory. I think by now we all kind of know how to, to make a sweet potato fry, which is kind of like a wedge. You know, she cuts them up. Um, but she does sort of surprise me a little bit here by, you know, she puts olive oil on them and then she, then she makes sort of like this, I almost want to call it like a dry rub, to be honest. Like she has a little like glass bowl on the side and she puts some salt and some pepper and some light brown sugar in it, which I thought was just, you know, take it to the next level. Cause then they get this like beautiful little crust on it. I love this idea. So, uh, we smash cut to the fries being ready. They look perfect. There's a little, they a perfect amount of crisp on them, and they're probably a little bit sweet. Um, but I'll say this. I know I am probably in the minority here, but I still, maybe not these fries, because they have enough sweetness to them that I, I feel like it would be weird. But if it's just a regular, you know, sweet potato fry, I'm dipping it in ketchup. And I don't know if people are like, ugh, Nick, do not do that. But I, I have to. I, I, I mean... I'm more inclined to do it with a regular fry. Like, I'm not drowning them in ketchup by any means, but I like a little ketchup. Again, I like condiments. I like a sauce. Um, so, yeah, I dip my sweet potato fries in ketchup. So, sue me. But where are we now? Okay, so now it's time for Ask Ina. Ask Ina. So, uh, the first email is from John York, who writes in, uh, and he's asking for a quick sauce to top off a hamburger to give it a little punch. And I was like, I got the perfect thing for you. It's balsamic onions and blue cheese. And I was like, ugh. But, you know, we'll talk about it. Um, so we have, it starts with red onions, balsamic vinegar, and olive oil, salt and pepper. Kind of mix those up a little bit. Of course, the red onions are sliced. Um, put it into an oven. And once they come out of the oven, you add two more tablespoons of the balsamic vinegar on top of the onions, which I think is probably the most important part because it's, I've done this with, um, uh, what are they called? Brussels sprouts before where you put like balsamic on and then they come out and it's like I think like the oven you know they just like kind of soak it all up and it's not really like juicy but like and I've added a little bit of more like a little bit more balsamic <laughs> I can't talk today balsamic vinegar on top of that after they come out but I always feel like I'm overdoing it so I'm glad to see that Ina does this because you need more um so then, uh, so after the uh, the onions come out, they show, this is all just like B-roll footage too. Ina's not making this in real time, but they have a nice, I shouldn't say nice because I hate blue cheese, but uh, a slice of blue cheese, uh, yeah, it's almost like a brick really. It's too thick for me. I would just be so <laughs> repulsed by this. Um, and then of course the onions go on top of that. So I'm sure 
a lot of you would like this. I would not, but I do like the idea of balsamic uh, red onions. That sounds really good. So next up is an email from Daniel Webb. Uh, and basically he says, why do they call hamburgers hamburgers when there isn't any ham in them? And Ina explains that, I think she said word is, or like word on the street. How does she say it? I don't know. Um, is that German immigrants from uh, from Hamburg brought hamburgers to the States, hence the name, uh, which makes sense. So there we have it. Uh, now we have an email from Anu Detero and her and her husband aren't into desserts, which is crazy, um, but they both love brownies, which I approve of. So they kind of redeem themselves there. Uh, she says, can you give us some tips on how to make soft gooey brownies and how to store them? And Ina tells us that there are two things that are important about gooey brownies. And one is to underbake them just a little bit, which I do every time, of course. And then the second is to fold semi-sweet chocolate chips into the batter. I guess she said they did that at Barefoot Contessa as well, too, because, um, you know, it just kind of adds. Like, if it's not fully cooked. But I, I, I don't disagree with that. I would say maybe put like chocolate chunks in as opposed to semi-sweet chocolate. Because as I learned from the Barefoot Contessa, Miss Garten herself, is that semi-sweet chocolate chips have stabilizers in them. So they're not... That's why they're able to be cooked in chocolate chip cookies and not just be like total goop. Like they kind of come back to their original form and harden up a bit. So I would argue that they would probably harden up a little bit, wouldn't you think? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I trust Ina. I would say underbaking them is probably more important than the chocolate chips. But that is, uh, you know, what do I know? That's just my opinion, I guess. So next, Ina tells us how to store them. Um, suddenly Ina in real time has like a whole tray of brownies, like a huge sheet pan of brownies, like not a nine by 13 at all. It's like a, I don't even know, like 20 by 15. Um, and she basically just wraps the entire tray, like, and the sheet pan in plastic wrap with her like industrial sized, uh, you know, plastic wrap thing that she has and just store them in the refrigerator. And if they're individual brownies, you know, wrap them up individually. I don't think this is as as exciting as like how to make them. But, you know, storing is important. I would, you know, I never have to worry about storing them because I eat them probably within two days. <laughs> like I am a brownie fanatic. Like if I ever make brownies, like they don't last long at all. Like if I make a nine by 13 or I guess like most of the time brownies are like a nine by nine or eight by eight. Um, I'm digging in. Like, and I, and Keon's always like, oh, you ate all the brownies? Because he'll get some of them. But if I'm walking in the kitchen, I'm cutting a little slice of brownie off, you know? That's like, it's ugh. And then having a cup of coffee the next morning. I don't dip the brownie in the coffee. I could see a world where maybe that would be fine, but, um, but no thanks. And also, I'm always putting coffee in my brownies, which I also learned from Ina. So there's that. Um, so lastly, we have a video, the last video of Ask Ina is some i i feel like it's some gay man in his late 30s maybe early 40s and he, he's like i he's, he says hi ina please help he's trying to duplicate basically a restaurant quality baked potato i feel like i've talked about baked potatoes on the podcast before but i don't love i don't love a baked potato i just like i never liked them when i was younger my mom really never baked them which i don't blame her for because they take fucking forever to make a baked potato. You have to bake them for like 
almost an hour. I'm like, who has the time for that? You have to turn the oven on. So she microwaved them and they're never, you know, I'd rather have any other form of potato than a baked potato. But I'll order a baked sweet potato at like, you know, Texas Roadhouse, put the marshmallows on. I'm, 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 uh, I'm committed to that. But anyway, so Ina tells us that, um, you know, the best way to get that restaurant quality is not to cook it in foil because they're basically going to steam. They're not going to get that nice crust that uh, this guy's looking for. So, you know, clean off the potatoes, put them on the rack, 350 degrees for 45 to uh, 60 minutes. And there you have it. And then suddenly Ina has a potato handy just right next to her. And she, you know, she slices it down the middle and then she squeezes like the ends of it to sort of open it up. And she puts a little, a little knob of butter on it and a little bit of salt and pepper. And she's like, I'd say this potato has got my name on it. And then she takes a bite of it. And she takes a bite and she's like, she says the word perfect, but she is so close to spitting the potato out with that P. She's like, perfect. Like it, it, like the potato, I can like see it just on the edge of her lips, but then it goes back in. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> um, you know, she didn't say like, well, I hope I taught you something cheers you know or have fun is her classic but um she just decided to say perfect and spit potato at the camera so that made me laugh um and that's all i got that's the end of the episode ah <sighs> um a great episode i love hamburgers i could go for a hamburger i can't remember the last time i've actually had one so maybe that's in my future somewhere but in the meantime Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon and sign up to be a hydrangea, you get a bonus episode every week. This week, I'm going to do, I think it's um, Giada in Italy. And it's a, an, an episode with her Aunt Raffi. And if you know Giada... Aunt Raffi does not fuck around. She's like always yelling at Giada. And like you could tell there's like, it's it's such as like a, a unique sort of tension. But you could tell they love each other too. But like there's one way to do it and it's Raffi's way. So I'm excited to do that. It's on Discovery Plus. I know not everyone has Discovery Plus, but I'll try to make it entertaining so everyone can enjoy regardless. Um, and you also get this main episode on Thursdays instead of Fridays. So again, if you want to become a hydrangea, go to patreon.com slash the good Patreon. Also, I made a group for the good vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search the good vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts, or you can just tell another barefoot Contessa fanatic that also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.